Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. We thank you, Father, tonight. We thank you that you're here. And we know you're here because of all the assurances we have in your word. That when we gather in your name, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And so tonight we know that you're here in our midst. We exalt you. We magnify you. We bless your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus have we prayed. Let everybody say amen. Say amen again. Say a louder amen. Let your amen resound like thunder. Thunder out your amen. Thunder out your amen. Thunder out your amen. Clap your hands and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Welcome once again to Times of Impartation coming to you from the Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family. And we are located on the beautiful Shy Hills. We are not exactly on the hills. We are in the valley, if you like. But we are very close to the hills. And so we say with a lot of proud that we are on the beautiful Shy Hills in the greater Accra region of Ghana. And we are so glad to have you all, anybody who is watching us, anybody who has joined the service, I know that as the name of the service says, you will be imparted. I did not hear your amen. Let your amen resound like thunder. Let it resound like thunder. Hallelujah. And God is going to impart your life tonight. Now this evening, I'm going to share with you a simple message. I think my messages are simple. And I prefer, to came to, uh, I prefer to do that. And I prefer to deliver simple messages. Amen. Paul said, when I came to you, I did not come to you with words, enticing words of man's wisdom. Alright. But I came to you in the simplicity of the gospel and in the demonstration of the power. And tonight, I want to share with you a message that I've titled, Seven Attitudes We Must Come to God With. Seven Attitudes We Must Come to God With. I'm sure that when we go deeper into it, we'll find many more attitudes. But for the purpose of tonight's teaching, I'm just going to dwell on seven of them. Seven attitudes we must come to God with. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about attitudes, we are talking about 
a certain way of behaving a certain way of behaving and you behave in that way because of the way you feel or because of the way you think so anytime we talk about somebody having an attitude we're saying that the person is behaving in a certain way because of the way he or she feels or because of the way he or she thinks so usually you will have an attitude towards somebody or you will have an attitude towards something so for example there are some people who have an attitude towards women all right they have an attitude towards women it means that where women are concerned there's a certain way they position themselves or there's a certain posture they adopt and so there are some people who feel that women are some way and so they have an attitude towards women have you met anybody like that before has anybody met anybody like that who feels a certain way about women yeah there are people like that and some of them will even write it on their taxi or on their bus They'll put a sticker on it, a label on it, and say, fear woman and live. Now, when you see that, clearly, somebody who has an attitude towards women has written something like that. Hallelujah. Now, there are some women also who have an attitude towards men. So, that means that there's a certain way they behave in relation to men, or there's a certain way they feel, or there's a certain way they think about men. Do you know that there are some women who have promised themselves and made a vow that they will never marry? Why? Because they have a certain perception of men. And there are some women who tell you that all men are dogs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you don't know dog? Yeah. And there are some women who make statements like that, that all men are dogs. It shows clearly that they have an attitude towards men. And there's a way they behave where men are concerned. Can I have an amen? Alright. And now there are some people. Another example of attitude. There are some people who have an attitude towards pastors. There are some people who feel that all pastors are thieves. And all pastors are con men. Nora. Have you ever thought that way before? Are you sure? Okay. Do you know of somebody who has thought that way before? Nora, you have not thought that way and you also don't know anybody who thinks that way. Wow. It means that you've been working with only good people. May the Lord bless you. Amen. So there are some people who feel that way. There are some people who have an attitude towards politicians. Like yourself. Hey. There are some people who feel that all politicians are thieves and all politicians are liars. Now I don't think it's true. But I also don't blame people when they think that way. Because of something that you've seen some before. One day, some politicians went on a convoy for a political rally in a remote village somewhere in Ghana. And they were involved, the convoy was involved in a very serious accident. Very bad accident. And so, news started trickling down about the accident that had occurred and the leaders of that political party the police uh, medical staff they rushed to the place and because the place was very remote it took them some time to get there 
When they got there and were asking what had happened to the politicians, the people in the village said that they have buried all of them. They are all dead and buried them. He said, are you serious? Everybody died? He said, everybody died. I said, ah, are you medical experts? How do you know that everybody died? He said, we know that amongst them, there were some people who when we were burying them, they were saying, I'm not dead, I'm not dead, but we still buried them. They said, why? He said, because they are politicians and politicians usually tell lies. So anybody who said, I'm alive, I'm alive, we didn't mind the person at all. We buried all of them. Somebody say, mercy Lord. So there are people who think a certain way about politicians. So that's what we mean when we talk about an attitude. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sharing with you, don't forget, about seven attitudes we must come to God with. Now, coming to God has to do with fellowshipping with God. Coming to God has to do with interacting with God. And coming to God has to do with seeking God. So that's what I mean by coming to God. And there are some activities that you engage in. And when you engage in those activities, we say that you are coming to God. For example, prayer. So whenever you pray, you are, you are, you are trying to connect to God. You're trying to fellowship with God. You're trying to interact with him. And you're trying to come to him. Is that not so? Is that not so? All right. And other, there are other activities like fasting. So today has been a day of prayer and fasting for us. Why did we fast? Why have we prayed today? It is because we are coming to God. We are trying to fellowship with him and interact with him and reach out to him. When you come to church like this, when you come for a service like this, be it on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, you are coming to God. You are coming to fellowship with God. Of course, you also come to relate with other Christian brethren. But the primary reason why we have church is because we are coming to God to relate with him, to interact with him, and to fellowship with him. Other things like when you have your quiet time, you are coming to God. When you read your Bible, you are trying to connect to God. When you go on a personal retreat, you are trying to connect to God. And things like that. So these are activities that you engage in. And when we say you are coming to God, these are usually the things that you will find yourself doing. Praying, reading your Bible, having your quiet time, fasting, going for church services, going for church meetings. All these things are things that we do whenever we want to come to God. Hallelujah. Now, when we come before God, it is important that we come with the right attitude. Remember that I said an attitude is a way of behaving. And you behave in that way because of the way you feel or the way you think. And anytime you are coming before God or anytime you come to God, it is important that you just don't come anyway, anyhow. It's important that you come with the right attitude, with the right way of behaving. And tonight, I want to run you through seven of these behavioral patterns that you must follow or attitudes that you must have anytime you are coming into the presence of God. Now, is this important? It is very important. Because if you come to God and you don't come with the right attitude, you will end up not being blessed. 
or even something very bad can happen to you because you came to God with a bad attitude. When you come to God with a bad attitude, you can make God angry and God can be very bored with you. There's a story we read about in 2 Samuel chapter 6. It's a story of a certain guy called Uzzah. Now, this Uzzah was part of the team that was supposed to bring back the Ark of the Covenant to that special place that had been prepared for it. Because what happened was that the Ark had been captured and there are so many stories around that. But they were returning the Ark. And the Ark was being carried on a cart like an aboboya was returning the Ark. And it was being drawn by, by oxen or cows. But as they were proceeding, you know, the oxen tripped and the cart slipped and the ark was about to fall off. And this paddy man called Uzzah stretched forth his hand to stabilize the ark. And the Bible says God was angry with him and God struck him and he died immediately. God was very angry with him. Why? Because of a couple of things. One is that God was already bored because of the way they were conveying the ark. Because when God gave instructions about the ark of the covenant, he also gave instructions about how the ark was to be transported. Priests or Levites were supposed to carry the ark. So around the ark are certain rings that they were supposed to slip poles through and carry the ark on the poles. But here they were, they were carrying the ark on a cart. And God was bored because that was not the way he wanted things to be done. Then the second problem was that nobody was supposed to touch the ark. Nobody. Now this guy Uzzah was trying to, good, to do a good thing. But you see, it's not every good thing that you try to do that is acceptable unto God. And under the old covenant and under the old testament, I mean, it was a lot of instant justice. If you mess up, no, you die. I think that one of the most frightening things for the high priest who had to go and minister before the ark of the covenant, burn incense and all of that, was when he had to go into the most holy place. And he would do that only once in a year. I'm sure that any time a high priest had to go into the Holy of Holies, he went with a lot of fear. Because he knew that if he goes in there and he makes a wrong move or does something very funny, he can easily die. And because they knew that, before he would go, in fact, the, the garment that he wore had a lot of little, little bells at the hem of the garment. So that anytime he's moving in the Holy of Holies, you hear the bells ringing. Ring, dong, ring, dong, ring, dong. So once you hear the bells ringing, you know that the guy in there is okay. When you don't hear the bells anymore, it's a sign that something bad has happened. Now, this was also another problem because nobody could go in there to go and bring the person out. 
So what used to happen was that they have a rope tied to them so that if they don't hear the bells anymore, Charlie, they'll just hold the rope and pull the person out quietly then go and do a funeral and mourn the person and that was the end of it. It was a very frightening thing in those times and I'm grateful to God that we are operating not under the old covenant but we are operating under a new testament. Can I have an amen from somebody? But I've said all this to explain to you that when you don't come to God with the right attitudes you can end up not being blessed. And I think that this is one of the reasons for why sometimes people come to church and they go back and nothing has happened to them. They are not blessed. The service did not have any impact on them. The same way they came is the same way they retained. There are various reasons. But one of the reasons why this happens is that many people come into the house of God and into the presence of God with the wrong attitude. And because of that, they go back without being blessed. Without anything having happened to them. It is not because God was not present. It was not because the power of God was not present. And I'll go deeper into that as we move along. But it's simply because they came unprepared. They came with the wrong attitude. They came with the wrong behavior. They came with the wrong way of thinking. And so they returned home without having received anything from the Lord. And I think that is one of the most unfortunate things. To, to leave your house. To come to church. And to go back the same way you came. Without having received anything. You didn't receive any impartation. You didn't receive any revelation. You didn't receive any word of wisdom. You didn't receive any instruction. You didn't receive anything that brought hope and assurance to your heart. Why? One of the reasons I'm suggesting to you is because people come to church with the wrong attitude. And so we want to look at different attitudes that are important to have anytime you are coming into the presence of God. Number one, attitude number one, you must always come into the presence of God with reverence. In reverence. Reverence is spelled R-E-V-E-R-E-N-C-E. Attitude number one, reverence. You must come to God with an attitude of reverence. Say with me, I must come to God. Oh, everybody say it along, including those of you watching. I must come to God with an attitude of reverence. What is reverence? Reverence is not the name of a perfume or the name of a soup. It's an English word. And it means to have deep respect. Reverence has to do with deep respect or has to do with honor. And it's coupled with a lot of, of, of awe. That word awe means fear or wonder or amazement. So when we say reverence, we are talking about deep respect when we say you are revering somebody it means you are showing great respect to the person 
or you are extending great honor to the person. That's what you do when you are revering a person. And that's what reverence has to deal with. And that thing also, you do it because there's a certain way the person is to you. There's a certain, in some cases, you may even have a certain fear. Or there's a certain wonder and amazement that you have anytime you have to deal with that person. That's usually what happens when you are dealing with a very powerful person. That's why people are afraid of powerful people. Because there's something around them. There's a certain aura around them. And and people look at them with a certain wonder, with a certain amazement, and with a certain kind of fear. And people usually extend great respect and honor to such people. Whenever you, you see anything like that, then we are dealing with what we call reverence. And I'm saying to you, my dear friends, is that whenever you come to God, you must come in reverence. And you must have an attitude of reverence. That means that when you come to God, you must come with a lot of respect. When you come to God, you must come with a lot of honor. When you come to God, you must see God with a lot of wonder and amazement and astonishment. You don't just come. Like you are coming to the presence of any ordinary person. Look with me at Psalm 5 and verse 7. Psalms 5 and verse 7. We are reading from the New American Standard Bible. Psalms 5 and verse 7. N-A-S-B. It says, But as for me, By your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. Then the next thing it says there is that at your... Is there any reason why I still don't have the scripture? Pardon? You don't have NASB? Why? We've always had it. Anyway. Then the second part of the verse says, At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. The New Living Translation says, I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Deepest awe. That has to do with reverence. And awe has to do with wonder. Awe has to do with amazement. Awe has to do with astonishment. Awe has to do with fear. And he's saying here, the psalmist is saying here, I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. And the NASB says, at your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. So this is somebody who is entering into the house of God. In other words, he's coming to God. Because when you enter into the house of God, that is the purpose. You are coming to God. And he's saying that I don't just come, but I come in reverence. And I come and I bow in reverence to God. That means I accord God a lot of respect. A lot of honor. I see God as great and I hold him as such. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you come to God, that is how you must come. And you must come with an attitude of reverence. Can I have an amen? Matthew chapter 18 verse 20. I quoted this scripture earlier. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, 
King James Version, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So God is saying that whenever we gather two or more people and we have gathered in the name of the Lord, we must understand that we have come to God because he says, there am I in the midst of them. If the gathering is in the name of the Lord. Now, we have not gathered here for a political rally. We have not gathered here to watch Liverpool play Villarreal. That's not why we have gathered. Okay? We have not gathered here to watch a soap opera or a Nigerian film. We are not here to, to watch American Idol or Nigerian Idol or Ghana Idol. We have not gathered here to watch Ghana's Most Beautiful. That's not why we've gathered. We've gathered here in the name of the Lord and we've gathered here. And in case you didn't know, we have gathered here to interact with God and to meet up with God. Hallelujah. And anytime we do that, once we gather in his name and we are more than two in a place, we must understand that God is in our midst. And that means that we must relate well with him. And relating well with God has to do with relating in reverence. It doesn't matter the number of people around. Once the meeting is in the name of the Lord, once you are more than two, once there are at least two people present and the gathering of the meeting is in the name of the Lord, the people in that meeting must have a certain mindset. God is here. The presence of God is here. The spirit of God is here. And so we must have a certain reverence for him. Can I have an amen from somebody? Look with me at another scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 22 to 24 from the New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 22 to 24. Yabo. Shirayen Yaba Wahingwa Neni and Kwanya Sumje and Kwanya Sumje Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty two to twenty four. It says no. Now he's describing a situation. That we have come to Mount Zion. He's explained something to Christians and to believers. That in coming into the Christian faith. And I want to extend that to coming into the house of God. Or coming into the presence of God. Our mindset and our mentality must be this. That we have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. And to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. My friend. We are not many here. But I want you to understand that we are in the presence of God. And God is here. And God is not here alone. 
there are angels here because how can God be somewhere and the angels are not present they serve him have you seen a master who goes somewhere without servants before so God is here there are angels here so as you've come for these times of impartation you've not just come to anywhere BKK you have come to Mount Zion and you've come to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering he says you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven there are believers who are already in heaven and, and there are times I believe that they are giving a peep into what happens here that's what I believe it says you have come to God himself you have come to who? to God himself when you come to church when you come for a service when you come for a gathering that is in the name of the Lord you have come to God himself you have not come to me who am I? I'm nothing I am nothing and you didn't come here because of me and if you came here because of me the attitude is wrong you must come into the house of the Lord with the understanding that I am coming to God. I'm coming to the living God himself. Did somebody say amen? It continues. Who is the judge over all things? You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. Next verse. You have come to Jesus the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkling blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. When you come into a meeting like this, you must come with the attitude of God is here and you must respect him and have a, a certain reverence for him. I'm talking about an attitude of reverence. So you don't just stroll in casually into the house of God and into the presence of God. When you come, you must come with reverence and you must come in reverence, with deep respect. You must come to honor God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, this church is in somebody's house. Okay? The church is in somebody's house. But don't make the mistake of thinking that you've come to somewhere BKK. I'm sure that this space is a space where they park cars. But on a day like this, and at a time like this, it is no longer, don't see it as somebody's garage. It is church. It is the house of God. So anytime you walk through those gates, coming in here for a service, you must believe that I'm coming into the presence of God. And you must come in reverence. You must come in reverence. You see, that is why in the Catholic church and some of these places, when the people are going to church, there's a certain way they go. Because I come from a Catholic background. And anytime we have to walk into the church, we walk with a certain attitude because we were brought up to believe that this is the house of God and God is present in his house. So you must come in a certain way. 
Sometimes when we walk into church, our hands are clasped like this. Before you enter, there's holy water at the entrance that you must apply to your forehead and do the sign of the cross. One, two, three, four. Then you must bow. Then you walk in. I'm explaining something to you. That anytime you are coming here, have it at the back of your mind. Because remember that attitude has to do with a, 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 a feeling or a way you think. And you must think in a certain way. That when it is service time and I'm coming here, I'm coming to meet with God. And I must come with the right attitude, which must be an attitude of reverence. That's why when you come, you shouldn't just throw things around. Don't just drink water and throw the bottle somewhere. Or, or eat toffee and throw the wrapper somewhere. Or drink sachet water and throw the wrapper somewhere. No. You must tell yourself that this is the house of God. God is present here. And as I'm coming, I must come with reverence. Can I have an amen? And let me say this to you, my dear friends. You know, God is not really concerned or too much worried, if you like, about your dressing. It's not a problem. And you notice that in this church, I don't, I don't talk about dressing. I don't. And everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome. However, I need you to get to a point where whenever you are coming into the house of God for a service or a meeting, remind yourself that you are going into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me ask you, if you were told if you were invited for a meeting to see the president of Ghana, how would you go for that meeting? Evelyn, you are laughing. Makawa Semenyasa. No, take your time and think about it. James Emeka. Let's say you received an invitation to meet with President Mohammed Buhari. Is that the name of your president? He's still the president. He's around. I know that some people want him to die. But the man is very strong. He's not dying. Hey. If you received an invitation to meet up with President Buhari, how would you respond to that invitation? And how would you go? Think about it. Think about it. Would you not see it as a great privilege? Would you not prepare adequately before you go? Gino, am I saying something? Even what you wear, you may even go and borrow. Or go and rob a supermarket. Just so 
you will present yourself in a certain way. So I'm saying something to you. Me, I don't have any problem with what you wear. I don't. And I'm not going to start instituting whatever. But I'm, I'm saying something for you to think deeply. That when you are coming to God and you are coming into his presence. If I really revere God. Then even how I present myself will be important to me. Especially if you have nice things in your wardrobe. If you have a wardrobe. If you have nice things, but when you are coming to church, you don't wear those nice things. It shows that there's a certain reverence. There's a certain way of thinking which is not correct where God is concerned. So for me, long ago, I learned that God deserves my very best. Why would you dress sharply when you are going to work? You work in the bank of Ghana or Barclays Bank, which is now APSA or Stanchard Bank. When you are going to work, you dress in a certain way. When you are traveling, you go, I mean, traveling on a plane somewhere. There's a way you go. Why do you do that? Because there's a part of you that tells you that I can't just go anyway, anyhow. I'm teaching you something. I'm teaching you something. That God deserves your very best. And if you have nice things, nice dress, nice shoes, nice necklace, nice earrings, wear them to church. Why not? Why not? Why do you want to wear those things to? Who deserves those beautiful things more than God himself? talking about reverence. So I'm teaching you something. That an attitude of reverence will let you connect well with God and will cause you to be blessed at the end of the day. So learn something from it. And always understand that God deserves my very best. And I show a certain respect for God even in the way I carry myself and even in the way I present myself in his house. If you don't have, it's not a problem. And I'm telling you and emphasizing again that God is not concerned about the outward appearance per se. But the way you present yourself shows God that you revere him and you hold him in deep respect. Because if you would dress well to go and see President Nana Ado Dankwa Akufu Ado, and you are coming to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, why are you just coming biara biara? It's a problem. I'm saying again, if you don't have, that's okay. But it is a problem if you have. And yet, when it comes to God, you don't come sharp. You don't come dressed neatly. You don't come with a certain outlook. It shows that you don't revere God and you don't hold him in high esteem. Am I preaching to somebody today? Hallelujah. The second attitude. I'm talking about seven attitudes we must come to God with. 
seven attitudes we must come to. So what's the first attitude? Attitude number one is what? In reverence. So the first attitude is attitude of reverence. Attitude of reverence. The second attitude is you must come to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. You must come to God with what attitude? I can't hear you. With what attitude? You must come to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. So the first one is you must come to God with an attitude of reverence. And the second one is you must come to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Has God spoken to you already? Hey, he hasn't spoken to you. He has. Wow. Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, enter his gates with what? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. And what's the next thing it says there? Give thanks to him. Who him? God him. Give thanks to God and praise his name. Psalms 95 verse 1 and 2. Psalms 95 verse 1 and 2. It says, come. What's the time? Uh, I'm not seeing the thing clearly. Psalms 95 verse 1 and 2. Come. Everybody say, come. Say it again, come. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Can you read the next sentence with me? Ready, go. Let us come to him with what? Now, I'm sharing with you seven attitudes you must come to God with. And here, clearly spelled out here, is one of the attitudes. It says, let us come to him with, 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 not with complaints. Not with memories. No. We must come to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude. So it means that when we come to God, anytime you go before God, maybe you're going to pray, you're going to have your quiet time, you're going to wait on God. Whatever it is, you are coming to church, you are coming for a home cell meeting. When you come, you must come with an attitude of thanksgiving. Where you come with gratitude and say thank you to God. Look with me at Psalm 107 verse 15. One o eight, verse fifteen. Psalms one o eight, verse fifteen. Gosh, you are too slow today. Psalm 107 verse 8 
it says, Oh, that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Did you see that? Verse 15. Oh, that men of the same Psalm 107. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. One chapter, four different verses saying exactly the same thing. Oh, that men will praise the Lord. Or will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, one of the problems with us is we are ungrateful and we are unthankful. That's why we complain all the time. We are not content with anything and we are not satisfied with anything. And every time we are looking at things that are not working and we fail to take a little time and begin to look at the things that are working in our lives it is true that there are certain things that are not working but it's marks of ingratitude and unthankfulness when you cannot see what is working so for example every day you are able to wake up from your bed and move around and go to work and come back without any problem. But it doesn't occur to you that, hey, God has been good to me. There are people who are not able to rise from their bed. There's something to be thankful to God for. You look at your life and you don't realize the last time you were admitted in a hospital or even the last time that you were seriously sick. Usually if it's sickness or your head is paining you small or your stomach is paining you small because you went to eat some very wicked pepper from somewhere. If you have a problem, maybe you, your, your stomach pained and you are running small but after a few runnings, it stabilizes. But like a major problem, do you know how many people are moving about with major problems? The heart is not working well. The kidneys are not working well. The liver is not working well. The lungs are not working well. Do you know? I have no idea. But you don't remember the... I mean, you, when you think out, you can't remember the last time you had a serious health challenge. Do you know the number of people who sleep on the streets? They sleep in front of shops. You are complaining because they put you in an apartment at Greenhouse and you have four roommates. Some people, their roommates are rats and cockroaches and mosquitoes. They sleep in front of shops. When it rains, a serious problem. Just looking at a picture of Obechebi's Lamte Circle when it rained a few days ago. The whole place is flooded. The front of shops. 
One of our brothers was telling me the other time when he came to Ghana and he ran into some problem. For a time, for some time in his life, he had to be sleeping in cars at fitting shops. There were times when he went to he had to sleep in front of a shop. Till one day the shop owner told he shouldn't sleep there again. It was a friend of his, a watchman or a security man, who told him that you can sleep in front of this shop. Till later on, the, the owner of the shop said, You can't sleep here any longer. So he ended up sleeping in the car. Can you imagine? These cars that are parked at fitting shops. That's where he was sleeping. Look, there are so many things to be thankful to God for. Let's stop the constant whining, constant complaining, constant uh, lamentations and all of that. When you come to God, you must come with an attitude of thanksgiving. Say, God, thank you. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for protecting me. Some of you, the things that you have seen in your short life and the things that you've been through, by now you should have gone crazy. I'm telling you. But the reason why you have not gone crazy is because God has kept you, has preserved you, has sustained you. So that's why one songwriter wrote and said, I should have been dead, sleeping in my grave. But because of God, I've been blessed to see another day. Do you know the number of times that God has delivered and rescued us from death? As you sit in a trotro that was nearly involved in an accident and, and, and the accident didn't happen, the driver managed to swerve. Do you know how many people meet a situation like that and it doesn't work? And they end up dying. Today I went to meet some people somewhere to go and check out some land. And I saw an accident that had occurred. Up to now, I don't even know how it happened. Two tipper trucks, the trucks that I used to carry sand and whatever, they had crashed. And as I look at where they had crashed and all of that, I said, ah, how did this thing happen? How did this thing even happen? a mystery to me. That's why God is amazed when every time we complain. Always complaining. Look, I want us to develop a habit of coming to God with our prayer requests but also doing that with an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude. This is what the Apostle Paul was alluding to in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 when it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. In other words, come and bring your prayers before God. Present your petitions before him. Tell him what is not going on well in your life. Tell him what you want him to do for you, but do it with thanksgiving. That means that you must always have an attitude of thanksgiving. It is true that there are a lot of things that have not worked yet. But it's also true that if you count your blessings and name them one by one, it will surprise you what the Lord has done in your life. And I'm saying to somebody today that God hasn't finished with you. He hasn't. 
there are things that he, he has planned and purpose concerning your life and I know that because faithful is he who has called us he himself will also do it but till it is done be grateful for what he has already done and be grateful for what is working and be grateful for anything good anything positive anything that is a plus in your life be grateful to God for it and anytime you come before God come with an attitude of thanksgiving and enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise an attitude of thanksgiving because sometimes we sadden God when we have a stinking attitude because he hasn't done this yet because he hasn't done this yet and everything you say I'm not married so because of that God has not been good to me I don't have a child because of that God has not been good to me I don't have a job so because of that God has not been good to me I'm always crying I'm always lamenting I'm always mourning some of you are angry with God because you earn 700 Ghana CDs a month do you know what others earn? do you know? do you know what others earn? Have you been to the university before? Do you know that there are university graduates who earn 500 Ghana cities? And less. Please, let's be serious here. Look, God is bringing you to a place where you will earn 10,000 Ghana cities a month. You won't say amen to. He'll bring you to that place. Some of you, by the grace of God, you will work for companies that will pay you in dollars. Can I hear an amen to that? But till that time comes, until that season comes, always remember to be grateful and thankful to God for every plus of your life, for every good thing in your life, for every good situation in your life. You say you wrote an exam and you got... 52%. So because of that, you are bored with God. What about those who got 10%? There are some people who get that, uh, they even get into the negatives. Negative 25. <laughs> Look, if you start thinking in a certain way, eh, well, you remember somebody. <laughs> oh, James, James, James. You remember somebody. <laughs> you got negative what? Everybody's got a story. Yeah. Look, sometimes you look at the paper and say, no. Ne- negative 19. <laughs> negative 19. You, you look at the thing and say, oh. <laughs> oh. Sometimes you don't even know what to do. You just start laughing. I mean, you should be crying, not laughing. I'm just explaining to you that there is so much to be thankful to God for. And whenever you come to God, you must come with an attitude of thanksgiving. So I've shared two attitudes with you. What is the first attitude you must come to God with? Attitude of reverence. And what is the second attitude you must come to God with? An attitude of thanksgiving. Next week, Wednesday, by the grace of God, we will continue. Clap unto the Lord, rise to your feet and let us close.
Father, we want to thank you for tonight. And we thank you for tonight's service. We want to ask that Father forgive us for every wrong attitude that we have displayed anytime that we have come to you and into your presence. Some of the attitudes we've shown has been because of ignorance. We didn't realize what we were doing. There are times when we knew exactly what we were doing but we couldn't be bothered. Father forgive us for all those times. We want our time spent with you, our interactions with you, our fellowship with you to become deep and meaningful where we will experience all the blessings that you have drawn up for us. Help us, oh God, to develop good behaviors and the right attitudes in, in your presence so that at the end of the day, every good thing that you have purpose for us, we will experience them. I thank you for your word tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Give Jesus a hand clap, my friends. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.